reading from Mark 12:28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, and asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command, commandment greater than these. Well, said teacher, man replied, You are right in saying that God is one, and there is, is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, to love him, love your neighbor as yourself, is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. From and from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Have a seat. Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter six, and um, we're going to get into Luke chapter six today. Continue on as I've been preaching through the the book of Luke. I welcome everybody here today. It's a great day to come and be able to worship God and and spend time and and fellowship. Just to, to be here together, it's fantastic. And this is a season, as, as we've noted already here this morning, that, that many in our society think about spiritual things that don't any other time. And so it's a great opportunity for us to share the message of Jesus, to share, um, to share the love of Jesus. And that's where we're going to talk about some this morning. Now, Fred, during the, the thoughts before the Lord's Supper, talked about, about love. Kyle just read the scripture where Jesus speaks about, about love and, and what the greatest commandments are. And we'll come back to that here in just a second. But I know that Dan Morgan wanted me to mention that uh, as Matt Bachmeyer has been asked uh, to, to serve as a deacon and has said yes, he would do that based on the works that he is known for. And so uh, the elders wanted to, to just remind people that if you have, um, have thoughts about that, share it with the elders. Uh, as Nat, Matt has, put himself for, has, has been asked and, and said, all right, if the church would like me to serve in that way, I, would, I will do that. And so if you have thoughts on that, please just talk with the elders so we can get, as Dan says, get this show on the road and get rolling. Is that what you said? I think his exact words or something like that. So that's a, that's a great time, exciting time for the church here and for Matt and his family. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, or excuse me, Luke chapter 6. Uh, Jesus is here at this point in time preaching on the plain. He gets his, some of his disciples together and he shares with them what the kingdom of God looks like and how it may be different than what their understanding is. And he starts planting the seeds for this being a spiritual kingdom, not something with walls and borders and fences, but something that is that goes everywhere. And God knows who his people are. And Luke chapter 6, we're going to get into it here in just a second. But you notice what Kyle read here just a moment ago is Jesus says, and he tells people, here's the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's called the Shema. You see that in Deuteronomy is where you find that. And number two is love your neighbor as yourself. So love God and love others. And if we do that, what happens is we find ourselves, all of these, these different laws and, and, and rules of God that are out there, we tend to obey those naturally because that's the umbrella that covers over everything. And so the big question that I wrestle with is, okay, love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. How on earth am I supposed to do that? And what is that supposed to look like? Because that's not easy. 
If it was just, if it was easy, then hey, all of us would be these these wonderful shining examples, and, and we wouldn't have the shortcomings that we do at times. But it takes something to figure out what it means to love God, and especially to love others. Maybe not easy. How many of you here today have moments where you're unlovable? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, some of us raise our hands higher than others, right? Yeah. That's my wife could tell you. She'll tell you stories. Yeah, that there's times where I'm more difficult to love than I should be. Absolutely. And so Jesus talks us through this. What does it mean to, to love others? I'll start reading in verse 27, and we'll start there. Because what's going to happen is Jesus is basically asking the question, how should I treat those who mistreat me? Look at verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Oh, man. Okay, that's easy, isn't it? We've got that. How many of us got this dialed? Okay, right. You notice what he starts with. He starts with four commands here. And he says, love your enemies. Okay, that makes me a bit uncomfortable because the enemies that I have are the people that I don't like. You know, we typically don't say, if we're, we're Christians and we're following God, we tend to not use the term enemy because we know we're not supposed to have them, okay? We have them, we just don't call them that, is typically what I, what I found. And so, how do we, amen, right? Yeah, that's how it works. You've been there, right? You understand how it works. Okay, love your enemies. Wait a minute, enemies are people that have done things to me that have been unkind, They've been unfair to me. They have hurt me. And how on earth am I supposed to love those people that, that have caused hurt to me? Or do good to those who hate you. Wait a minute. People that hate me, how on earth am I supposed to love people who hate me? That not that supposed to... The people who hate me, I'm supposed to surround the wagons. I'm supposed to protect myself. Isn't that how things are supposed to work? Bless those. And bless means to speak well of. Speak well of those who curse you or speak well towards those who say terrible things to you or about you. And so think about how difficult that is. So if someone is saying all sorts of terrible things about me, someone is spreading gossip, when I have the chance, I say something kind about them. That's what Jesus is sharing here. And pray for those who mistreat you. Have you ever noticed how tough it is for someone that you're upset with, someone that is is your enemy of the moment, how difficult it is to pray for something good to happen to them? You feel have you ever felt that? Oh man, it's hard and it's tough. And so Jesus starts off saying part one of how you're supposed to treat people. We'll do part two next week. But part one of how you're supposed to treat people is this is it right here. This is where it starts. The people who mistreat you, you treat them better than they deserve. And if there's enemies, you love them. If they, if they hate you and they demonstrate that hate and they want bad for you, then you do good for them. If they speak poorly of you, then you speak well of them. And whatever people do, then understand you pray for them. We're under orders to pray for our enemies. And I look at that and I think, wait a minute, Jesus. You don't live in the world that I live in. You don't understand how terrible people are. You don't understand how things can be, can be awful and the hurt that I've carried around and the burdens I've carried around. You do not understand. And I bet if I asked Jesus that question or I said that to him, Jesus would say... I understand, man. I've been there. I've been there. I came to a world that I created, that I've loved, that I've done so much for, 
And the response that I get, by and large, from people is to put me on the cross and execute me. Believe me, I've been mistreated. I've been there. I've walked down that road. I understand exactly what that looks like. And he continues on here. He gives these four commands here. And then he says, here's four examples of how you're supposed to apply these different commands. He says, when you are insulted, and that's what turning the other cheek is about. It's a backhanded slap on, on someone's cheek in order to, to make an insult. And so the idea is someone does something terrible to you to insult you, to insult your family, all of that sort of thing. What you're supposed to do, he says here, is, is turn the other cheek. That is not what is expected. What is expected is if I say an insult to you, what am I going to expect that I get right back? An insult right back. And so I insult, you insult, and here goes escalating, getting worse and worse and worse, and things just continue on from there. And things get bad. That's what we expect. And so Jesus says, wait a minute, so, so someone insults you, disarm it. Do not respond in kind, but respond in kindness. That's what he's getting at here. And he says, what about stealing or someone takes your cloak? How many of you have had some that, that you had a value that you gave to somebody and they never gave it back? Yeah, I've had that happen before, and I've done that before, I'm pretty sure. And so what happens when, when uh, someone takes something from you? Do you? How do you respond to that? And Jesus' words here are, if they take your, your cloak, just give them your, your shirt as well. What that does, the idea is, this disarms someone that is trying to take advantage of you. Or someone, again, as he continues on there, let me read how he, how he says it here. Give to anyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. So some overlap here. But if people try to take advantage of you and, uh, and don't return the things that belong to you, what your job is, is to do to others as you would have them do to you. Okay, that's what's supposed to happen here. And I know there's everything in me right now when I read through this section of Jesus' words, screams, but wait a minute, Jesus, if I do this, then people will take advantage of me and I will end up in a bad spot and I don't want people walking all over me. You feel that tension there? Yeah, I get it. I feel that. And so living this way takes a massive amount of faith and a massive amount of trust that God somehow is bigger than whatever we may have to, have to give up. It says, give to the, everyone who asks you, and anyone who takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Okay, this last phrase up here, do to others as you would have them do to you. What is that called? Oftentimes the golden rule. Yeah, in my second grade classroom, the golden rule was right above the door, and we were supposed to look at it every time we went out of the room to recess. Because you know what happens at recess? The golden rule goes out the window. golden rule does not go outside the classroom. And the teacher was trying to help us understand the golden rule applies to the playground as well. All right, So just make sure you, you follow that. And I look at this and I think, wow, Jesus is doing something here and teaching his people to be revolutionary. Because he is telling them, in essence, do not fight for your own rights and do not fight for, for, for being top dog, but you treat people. Somebody has got to start somewhere to treat people better than they deserve to be treated. It's got to start somewhere. Hey, we'll come back to that. But he continues on here, and I'll read verses 32 through 36. He says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those for whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to repay it in full. 
But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Okay, so loving those who love you. Have, okay, how, how, how many of you like to love people who have done really good things for you? Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I'm thinking about, there was a, a Delbert White gave me a present for Christmas. A, summer, a beef summer sausage that was about this long. Isn't that about right, Delbert? And what's that? Longer? Yeah, okay, it was, it was, it was, it was big. And most of that summer sausage is gone, and most of it has been eaten by me over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks. And I am loving life. My, the scale in my bathroom is not loving life, you know. But I am loving life because that thing is good. And receiving that, as Delbert was so kind to me, there's a whole lot of things that make me want to just be really kind to Delbert because he, he was generous. You get that? That's, that's normal for us. If someone is kind to us, we want to be kind and generous to them. And Jesus says, great, fantastic. What about doing good to those who are good to you? Great, sounds good. How about lending while expecting repayment? I know that there's times where I've, I've lent money to people, probably all of us have, and we want our money back. Okay, fine, fantastic. Because it benefits you. Because if we only do good things to other people because we get something out of it, anyone can do that. And if we go outside here, we go out into our community, we go into places around the world where there is much, much darkness and the, the kingdom of Jesus does not reign, or at least you don't see it as you look around. And there's all sorts of abuse. Even people that have never decided to follow Christ in any way, shape, or form understand this. When someone does something good to me, then, hey, I'm going to respond. I'm going to do great things for them. Okay, but understand, if we understand that, if we understand if someone does something good to us, then we really want to respond in a really, really good way. And that's how we're excited about that. Think about this. What happens if there's a group of people that goes around the world and no matter what anybody does, we start it. We say, we're going to be kind and we're going to be gracious no matter what anybody does. What happens, it starts turning the tide. Jesus continues here, what are my motives for doing good? If I love and I lend to people, those are the examples that he uses there, without expecting anything, because I know that God is greater than whatever I may lose in this life and whatever situation I may be put in. There's great reward, and what I find myself is being a child of God. I look like God when I do this, because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And you think about that, how many times you look through the Old Testament, you look through the New Testament, you look through our lives, how many people do not know God, do not want to know God, run from God, do all sorts of evil in this world, but still wake up in the morning and still get to look at beautiful sunrises and still get to feed their families and all, you know, all these wonderful things that we could share here. It's because every good and perfect thing is from God. And God continues to bless people, even when people are unkind to him. And even though he has created the world, he's done all of this good, even though people curse his name, and there's a judgment that does come in this life and the next life, but God does a whole lot of good for those people. And so, you see, God has given us an example here of what it means to change the tide. 
So how should I treat others? There's two phrases in here that are tremendous, that are important to think about. Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Because what happens is if we go through life and we only respond to people uh, in the way that they, they start the conversation with us, and if they're ugly to us, we respond with ugliness, and if they respond in kindness, then we respond in kindness. Jesus is asking his people, and he shows us, God has showed it through history, and Jesus is going to show us at the cross, saying no matter what anybody does, and understand, I think Jesus, given more time, would share, I understand the hurts that you carry. Okay, I carry those too. I understand the burdens and, and the un, unfairness and the oppression that happens in this life. And I'm not minimizing any of that. But understand, someone has to be the person that says, no matter what anybody does to me, I'm going to respond with love and kindness. And when I do that, remember what happens. When someone treats me with love and kindness, then I realize, wait a minute, I want to treat them with love and kindness. And instead of this dark whirlpool that we get ourselves into where there's just ugliness going one direction or the other, God has called us to be the courageous people that step out and say, hmm, I don't know how anybody's going to treat me today, but my response is, I know that there's, Jesus has provided an example, God has provided an example. I believe that there's great reward for treating people well, even when they don't deserve it. And I'm going to turn the tide. And what happens is, you can imagine someone in Jesus' day, here's this message, and this strikes them in the heart, and they think, okay, how can I turn the tide? And they're walking down the road back to their house, and there's their neighbor who they've had all of these problems with all these years that has been an absolute pain, that has tried to move the boundary markers, has come at night and has stolen wheat, has done all that kind of stuff, and, and you just hate them. And you walk by their house, and you hear that there's crying inside. And you think, I wonder what's going on there. And you hear around the community, at the city gate as you walk by, that your neighbor is in great debt, and your neighbor is going to... Uh, is probably going to to lose their family. They're going. Their childrens are going are going. Their children are going to have to go into to to servanthood in order to pay the debts of the family. And you go home and you're thinking about this. And there's a great party that says serves you right. Finally, here it is. It's come along. But you start thinking. Wait a minute here. This Jesus guy was talking about do to others as you would have them do to you. That means being proactive, finding ways to do good, and going beyond just doing no harm, but doing good. And you think, how would I feel if I was in a situation where I was going to lose my family, I was probably going to lose my home, lose my property, all that. What would I do in this situation? What would I want someone to do to me? And you know that you've been blessed And you pray about it and you think about it. You talk with your family. And you walk across the field to your neighbor. And your neighbor sees you coming and you know he's not happy. And he's looking at you like, oh great, what's going to happen now? You say, you got a minute, let's sit down. Let's talk about something. You sit down. You say, I've heard that you're in a tough spot. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean anything to you? Come over here to gloat? Say, no, that's not what I'm here for. I just put myself in your spot, and I feel for you. 
And I, it sounds like you're going to lose a lot. And what I want to do is I want to try to help. And I have some money stashed away, and I want to give it to you. And I want you to pay your debts off. And in doing so, I hope that you understand that this teacher that I've been listening to and this teacher that I've been following named Jesus, he's got something to say to you. He's got something to say to me. And I hope this changes things for you. Can you imagine how a person responds to that? Can you imagine how you would respond to that? These things going through your mind, thinking, wait a minute, I've been unkind. I've gone over and I've tried to move the boundary stone three years ago. That didn't go out over well. Oh, it would have been good if it would have worked out, but it didn't. And I've got this terrible reputation in town. And I don't think a person oftentimes we're able to think through all that. But what we know is my neighbor, whom I have done awful things to, has come over here and has done something very, very kind to me. And I believe this changes me. It changes my relationship, and it changes how I'm going to do things from here. And the person is able to walk away, take care of his family, and the person who gave the loan says, I'd like for her to have this back someday, but it's up to you. It's between you and God. You walk away knowing that somehow, some way, God is going to make this right and God is going to reward you more than you can ever imagine. But that's not why you did it. It isn't about getting something out of it. It isn't about reward. It's about doing this because you understand that doing to others as you would have them do to you is the path to the ultimate freedom that Jesus is talking about. Let's use a couple of modern-day examples. How many of you are familiar with Charles Dickens? What's the movie that's on a lot this time of the year based on his book? What's that? Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, The Christmas Carol. Isn't that what Charles Dickens' book is called, A Christmas Carol? Yeah, it's about Ebenezer Scrooge. Here's this guy who is, who is uh, selfish. He's miserly. He makes all this money. And his, uh, his relative invites him to Christmas dinner. He says, bah, humbug. Yeah, you guys know the phrase. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. And he has these, these, his work, he's terrible to his workers. He is just selfish. That's all he is. And he goes to bed and he wakes up and the ghost of his partner, who has passed away, said, all the things that we have done to rip other people off is coming to pass. And uh, you need to think about some things. And through the night, there's the ghost of Christmas past comes that shows him some things in the past and and how he is, he's got to the point where he is, the, the ghost of Christmas present, and then the ghost of the, the Christmas is yet to be. And that's scary, because he sees that he's going to die alone, nobody's going to care about him, and he had all this good that he could do, and he didn't do it. And Ebenezer Scrooge is a great example of someone who has been hurt in life at one point in time, maybe very legitimately but has carried that burden and sometimes the prisons we carry around with us, yeah, that's, that's what he does. And so he has these dreams and he realizes when he wakes up, he's got the opportunity to do something very different. 
And he goes, he changes from darkness to light. It's like night to day. When he wakes up, he goes and he buys the biggest turkey he can find. And I don't remember all the details, but what happens is he goes out of his way to try to bless the people that he has, he has hurt before. And you see what he's learning? What he's learned is he got in this cycle that if people hurt me, I'm going to hurt them back. In fact, I'm going to hurt them before they hurt me. That's what I'm going to do because that's how I protect myself. And when we live that way, we just find ourselves in this prison that we carry around with us. And what he learned is what Jesus taught, is that do good to others even when they don't do good to you. And what happens is you break the cycle. And, and he learned that. And he learned that from the, from the people around him. Example number two, it's a wonderful life. How many of you have seen that movie? I did some reading about that movie. It's really fascinating, some of the background to it. Jimmy Stewart uh, plays a man named George Bailey. He lives in Bedford Falls, and there is this Mr. Potter, is this terrible man who is trying to take over the town and keep everybody in financial slavery and debt. And George Bailey has gone throughout his life, and uh, allergies, man, allergies in December. What's up with that? He is, he's, gone, he's gone through his whole life, trying to bless the people around him. He's given up a whole lot of things himself to be the person that he knows that he should be. And his, uh, his relative, who he, he, he gives a job to, which probably shouldn't have, uh, loses $8,000. The whole, thing's, whole savings and loan is going to go in the tank, and, and he's going to uh, probably go to jail, and it's just this big disaster. So George Bailey goes and finds himself ready to jump off a bridge, because I have sacrificed all of this for everybody, and no good has come from it, and I'm tired of it. I would be better if I'd never been born. And then Clarence, the, uh, the angel, shows up. <laughs> a pretty amazing, funny character. Clarence shows up, wants to get his wings, and what happens is uh, shows him what happens and what would this community be like if you had never been born? And he goes through town over the next while and realizes all the hard things and the heartache that people would suffer if he had never been born. And I believe what George Bailey learns is he, he's already learned that you treat people well even if they don't treat you well. He's demonstrated that. But what happens is maybe what happens to us that, we do that, we do that, we do that, but we get fatigued at some point in time, and we get tired, and we, we look around and say, this is absolutely not worth it. I've given up, I've sacrificed, I've given to other people, I have treated other people well, and I just cannot see the good that's come out of that. Okay, when we get to that point spiritually, what that is, is that's just Satan talking, that's all it is. And in the movie, when you, you watch it, a wonderful life, what happens is there's a whole lot more good that has happened than he ever realized. And I believe that's the same as true for us, is that when we treat others the way we want to be treated, we break the cycle and we treat others well, even when they're not treating us well. There is more good that happens than we can ever imagine. And don't give up hope. Just keep doing good. And so as I think about, I thought about it and I pondered it this week, um, 
Here's something for, for all of us to think about. There may be somebody in your heart and in your mind right now, you're thinking, I do not like this person right now. I'm mad at them. They've done all this kind of stuff to me. And, and there's, there's hurt that, that some of you have walked through that I can't dream of. I'm, I'm certain of that. And so believe me, I do not want to minimize it. But what I see from the teachings of Jesus here is what he calls us to is no matter what happens, our job as people of God and people of the kingdom of God is to take the first step to say, I forgive you and I'm going to treat you well no matter what you do to me. Okay? And it's amazing what happens is when we pursue that, the protection and the freedom that we try to get by just protecting ourselves, and we end up in this cage because we carry the bitterness around us just like Scrooge does, what happens is we find that the world around us changes and we become this light, and when we treat others the way we want to be treated, what happens is people around us start getting it. And it becomes contagious and infectious, and it starts going around, and our lives change. And we realize anything that I have to carry around and any burdens that I've had, those are just these invisible shackles that hold me down and ruin my joy and, and help me not participate in the abundant life of Jesus. And so if there's people's names come to mind or situations that come to mind, I encourage you, start on the path to give those to God. And make the decision to say, I'm going to be one that treats others the way I want to be treated, and I'm going to break this cycle, and I'm going to create a different, a different circle in my life, is that I'm going to treat people with love, with patience, with peace, and that's the way I'm going to pursue. And when we do that, that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. He talks about the freedom. Paul talks about in his letters the freedom in Christ. He's able to leave all of these burdens behind. And I believe, uh, I see that over and over again, day in, day out with this church, is, is people working to treat each other the way you want to be treated. I hear stories about it. I hear stories in the community from, from uh, people that know you guys about how you treat other people the way you want to be treated. And hopefully, what I, what I hope is that all of us walk away from this morning being encouraged and being reconvicted again to love God, love our neighbors ourselves, And that means loving even those people that don't treat us great because when we do that, it frees us up and frees others up around us to break the cycle and to live, as we talk about, the abundant life of Jesus. And we have that to share with our neighbors and the people around us. And I pray day in, day out, more and more, you and I can live that way and find great peace and comfort in doing that. Enjoy the holidays. Look for people that need the love of Christ around you. And um, let's stand and sing together. If you'd like to become a Christian or you'd like prayers of the church, the elders are waiting in the back to pray with you today.